Alright, it is a beautiful day guys. Barely any clouds. New hat. Hope you like it. And I think it is time to go and do a bit of photography and maybe also talk English and English learning tips. Anyway, looking forward to sunset. Sunset's about an hour and a half away. And yeah, hopefully I can get some good shots of some birds. Do a bit of study as well. And drop some knowledge bombs for you guys. Let's see how we go. Alright, so I am off to my old stomping grounds, my old uh, photography stomping grounds. I'm going to go down and check out uh, Queenscliff, the boat ramp. I might take these off, screw it, it's not too bright. And I want to see what animals are down there. The good thing is it's sunset in an hour and a half, two hours. So the light's going to be really good. There's no clouds at the moment. The sun, oh, the sun, the sky is really open. And on top of that, I just checked the tides and the tide is currently low inside the bay at the moment. So Queenscliff's inside the bay uh, near Swan Bay. It's inside Port Phillip Bay in Victoria. The problem when I check the tides for Ocean Grove, which is where I live, is that quite often the tides on one side of the bay, the seaside of the bay, are one and two hours ahead of the ones inside the bay because obviously the water has to go inside the bay, reach the certain areas that it's you know going up or down, um, and then it has to go out of the, the bay. So quite often I I check the, the tides but accidentally check Ocean Grove and I'll go down there and be like, oh crap, I'm two hours ahead of time. Anyway, so we'll go down there, see if I can get some good shots. But I thought as usual we could have a bit of a rant, a bit of a chat uh, whilst I drive down there. Because there's a few things that I've been thinking about and wanting to talk to you about recently. So, I guess first and foremost, I want to talk about your biggest enemy in English. Your biggest enemy in English. And I've been thinking about this for a while because a lot of people ask me, how do I become a more confident English speaker? How do I speak more fluently? How do I improve my English and especially like how do I improve my English the most in the shortest amount of time? So there are a lot of a lot of different things there to sort of try and unpack and talk about, but they're all kind of linked together because and they're all kind of linked together, I think, through ego. Right? I think the biggest thing that holds people back in English isn't necessarily poor English, isn't necessarily poor grammar, isn't necessarily poor fluency. But I think a step, a step back from those things, in fact, yeah, a step back from those things, it's, it's all about ego and how you view yourself and compare yourself to other people and that that quite often is the reason your English isn't doing as well as it could be because you're self-limiting because of your ego and the fact that you're still holding on to your ego so much. So this was a big problem when I was doing jiu-jitsu, when I was at the gym. You would meet a lot of people, and it probably, it, it probably happens in any endeavor, right? Any kind of endeavor you're trying to improve at. Any, it could be tennis, could be photography, could be English, could be jiu-jitsu, could be bodybuilding, could be learning French, could be whatever it is, something you're trying to improve at. When you're doing this and you're not alone, right? You're not doing it by yourself, 
and you're surrounded with other people who are also doing that thing, that endeavor, you know, whether it's you're surrounded by other English speakers because you're trying to improve your English or you're at a gym and there are heaps of other people working out and trying to get fit as well. Or maybe you're in a jiu-jitsu class and there's a whole heap of people at different grades, uh, different skill levels, um, to whom you're comparing yourself constantly and obviously trying to keep improving yourself, but judging yourself and your abilities and your self-worth, you know, comparing your ego to those of other people, which isn't necessarily a fair comparison. And I think that happens quite a lot in English because I have a lot of students, I guess, who, when they ask me about how they can improve their confidence, quite often it's all about ego and how they see themselves. So it's an internal thing more so than an external thing, right? Which is a good thing because you've got control over it, more or less, or at least it's it's under your control to try and solve, to try and fix, to try and improve that situation. So quite often, the biggest problem with people trying to build their confidence is they feel that they lack confidence because they're worried about making mistakes. That's where most people tend to stop. They're like, oh, well, okay, I need to get better and not make any more mistakes and I'll be more confident. But the truth is, it's a step deeper than that, right? It's not about whether or not you're making mistakes, that's whether or not you're confident. There are plenty of people who are very confident at uh, whatever it is, learning English in this case, who make loads of mistakes. So it's deeper than that. It's not just about your lack of errors in, in grammar, in vocab, in fluency, whatever it is. It's more about how you view yourself when you make mistakes. And so I think for me at least, when I was doing jiu-jitsu and when I was learning Portuguese and French, the moment that I started improving the fastest, right? You can imagine you've got like an improvement curve where there's a certain gradient on that curve, right? The steepness of that gradient, how quickly you're improving. I think for me at least subjectively, the moment I realized that I was improving the fastest was when I learned to embrace making mistakes or at the very least not necessarily embrace them but not use them as something against which I measure my abilities or I measure my self-worth, okay? So a big, a big thing is getting your ego in check and, and controlling the fact that and controlling how you view the mistakes that you make, right? Changing the way you view those mistakes. Whether you make a few or you make a lot, if you can stop viewing them as reflection upon your ability in whatever it is, English, learning English, all of a sudden your confidence is going to get a massive boost because you're no longer going to be worried about making, not making errors, right? It's going to leave your consciousness, you're going to, at least slowly over time, you're going to become less and less worried, less and less concentrated on mistakes that you make because you know they're going to fix themselves over time. And ultimately, any anyone who's using a language or learning a language isn't, the, the objective isn't to use the language with the fewest amount of errors, the objective is to be understood and uh, communicate, right, to pass on messages. So I think people's biggest enemies, so I think people's biggest enemy when it comes to improving at anything tends to be their ego. 
It tends to be them, their ego that's holding them back. You know, they won't try new things because they're worried they'll make a mistake or it won't be perfect and um, they'll be embarrassed by it. When in actual fact, if they did try something, they would learn from that thing, right? Even if they got it wrong, even if it wasn't perfect, the very fact that they've done it gives them more experience and puts them forward. So it goes to show that the fact that they've made errors is actually propelling them forward in whatever um, skill that they're trying to improve on. And so, yeah, I guess that's my real rant today about about how to build confidence and how to improve fast as fast as possible in English. I think the way to improve as quickly as possible and to build your confidence as quickly as possible is really thinking about your ego. And I guess I need to try and think of some um, constructive ways to, you know, constructive advice to give you on how to do so. But I think the biggest thing would just be get over yourself. You know, ultimately you're the obstacle, the biggest obstacle in your way when it comes to improvement in, say, English. Your view of yourself and holding yourself back because you're worried about making mistakes, because you're worried about looking stupid, because you're worried about not sounding like a native, not sounding perfect, because you're worried about not being understood. All of those fears are the real thing, are the real things that are going to be holding you back a lot more than, say, your lack of knowledge of grammar or your lack of vocab or your less than perfect pronunciation. And the good thing is that's something that you can change on the spot effectively. You know, obviously it takes time, you have to work at it, but it's the kind of thing that you have absolute control over. But have to put in the time, have to put in the effort and remind yourself on a daily basis to let go, to relax, to not to not use your, I guess, uh, lack of perfection, number of errors as a measurement for your worth or for your level in English, right? So I guess bringing it back to two stories, this happened with me in Portuguese. I remember moving into this house in Canberra where there were five Portuguese speakers, five Brazilians living there, and I moved in with Kel. And I remember I decided that moment when we moved in, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to speak Portuguese here. I mean, obviously, if, if they ask me something in English or they use English, we can speak in English. But I'm going to do my darndest. I'm going to, I'm going to try as hard as I can to only speak Portuguese so that my Portuguese improves. And that meant forcing myself to make mistakes all the time because I wasn't allowed to fall back on English and use English to ask um, about how to say certain things or use English words when I couldn't think of them in Portuguese. I forced myself to communicate to, to at all costs, use Portuguese to get messages across and not use English. This was really embarrassing for me, if I'm being honest, for the first week, maybe even less, for the first few days. The sentence, as I told you guys in a previous video, the most useful sentence in English is, how do you say this, you know, or how can I say this more naturally, right? It's, it's, it's not necessarily one sentence, but it's having that idea or having that attitude that you're going to ask for feedback and doing it on a regular basis, doing it all the time. And so the moment that I got over myself, and the moment that I realized people weren't really phased with me making mistakes, they didn't care, it was me that cared, it was all in my head, right? It was me that was like, oh, I'm an idiot, I suck, you know, my Portuguese is embarrassing. 
all the Brazilians could still communicate with me. They could still speak with me and it wasn't really on their end. They weren't judging me because of mistakes I was making. It was all my ego. And so within the first week, I kind of got over making mistakes and it just became normal. So I'd sort of put my ego in check and taken up the position of, hey, these guys are native speakers of this language. I'm not expected to be a native speaker of this language. I am in the position, in this case, of a student, and these guys are the teachers, so there's no need to be embarrassed about whatever happens, right? And so I think if you take that view on your English, anytime you come into a conversation, one, you're not going to come off as arrogant, right? Because you're not trying to show off. You're not trying to prove your worth, you know? You have worth outside of English anyway, so it's kind of irrelevant how good your English is attached to uh, your worth as a person and your ego. So that was one thing that happened with um, Portuguese. And my Portuguese rapidly improved because all of a sudden I wasn't afraid of making mistakes and I was focused much more on being able to communicate. And I found it, I found every time I made a mistake, it was um, refreshing because it was like, oh, okay, another thing that I need to fix, another thing that I need to fix. And for sure, there were a shitload of mistakes in the beginning. And so, you know, every conversation, there were some questions about, oh, how do I say this? How do I say that? How do I say this? Um, What's the word for this again? Uh, I want to say this thing. It's kind of like this. Is that a word for this? So I was saying that all the time. And I still say that all the time, to be honest. That's probably the question I ask Kel the most uh, at the moment. My wife, Kel, who's a Brazilian. I um, am constantly asking her, como eu posso dizer isso? Como eu posso dizer? Qual é a palavra para isso? You know, how do I say this? What's the word for this? Etc. In terms of jiu-jitsu, it was the same thing. So I remember working my ass off for six months when I first started because I really wanted to improve as fast as possible. But I'd come from a gym background where I'd been working out a lot and I was really focused on strength and, you know, trying to use my strength to win when when um, competing in jiu-jitsu or fighting in jiu-jitsu with other people. And any of you guys who know about the martial art of jiu-jitsu will know that strength is useful but it's quite often kind of like a two-edged blade right a double-edged sword you tie yourself out really quickly and good technique beats strength any day of the week so the more strength you use the tighter you get and quite often it's inefficient and you um, don't achieve the thing you're trying to do right whatever position you're trying to win or whatever submission you're trying to get on your opponent so I learned pretty quickly that I had to get over my ego in terms of strength take a humble position. Look, I'm a beginner. These people aren't expecting me to be a black belt world champion when I'm wearing a white belt and I've come to the gym, you know, like 50 times in the first few months. And so I had to check my ego there. But on top of that, I noticed in myself as well that the moment I started improving the most is when I started asking for feedback and, you know, I would finish a fight with someone when training and I would say to them, okay, I know that, you know, even if I dominated the person, even if I won, even if I was really good, I would still try and ask, what could I have done better? Where did I go wrong? What did you think of how I was rolling? Are there things that you saw that I could improve? So it was really, it took a long time, a few months to really get my ego under control, under control and start to benefit, start to really improve at a much faster pace as a result of that humility, checking my ego and just trying to get feedback constantly so that 
I could use that and shortcut, you know, just just going in head first every single time and not getting feedback. And you would see those people. You would see people coming to the gym all the time who were meatheads, we call them, you know, like like I was when I first started. They were very, you know, I'm big and strong. Technique is just a waste of time. I'll just smash people. And they were the kinds of people that would either become humbled because smaller people with good technique would destroy them or they would be the kind of people who would leave the gym because they would be sick of getting defeated by smaller people or ultimately they would be the kind of people that just wouldn't improve if they kept that attitude up and it was always this kind of this moment you would see that someone's ability would really shoot up the moment that their ego took a back seat and they embraced humility, embraced being a beginner and really, really paid attention to all of their mistakes and all the things that even if they weren't necessarily mistakes, that could be cleaned up, that could be done better. So it's been a bit of a long chat, guys. I hope it helps. I hope it gives you something to think about, right? I like these chats where it's just off the cuff. I'm just talking to you, giving you my opinions. I haven't really, obviously, written anything out. I don't have the <laughs> my computer in front of me here to, to go off some notes. But hopefully, it gives you some stuff to think about. And yeah, hopefully, if you're the kind of person who's worried about your rate of improvement in English, and you're worried that your confidence in English and when you're speaking isn't where it should be, Quite often, it's something you can change really quickly. It's just a matter of assessing your ego and trying to come up with ways of reducing its control on your your English, right? On your value as a person as you see yourself. So, yeah, I hope there's some big, big concepts in here. I hope they've been useful and I'm probably going to stop and go take some photos and I'll chat to you guys soon. Anyway, peace out. Thanks for joining me and I'll see you next time. Right, I think we're done for the day. Sunset's about to happen. It's looking beautiful. Loads of birds hanging around. Took a few thousand shots. Um, mostly the pelicans actually, because they were interacting with the people quite a lot. But yeah, it's been really nice. It's kind of meditative coming down for these evenings. Seagull's got a bung leg. But he can't uh, stand up on this one here. One of them's broken. But um, yeah, it's really funny watching these pelicans here boats come in like this and there's one here there's a whole bunch behind and you'll see they all come in following the boats looking for food and the seagulls as well so this boat will come in here and then go up the boat ramp just here and this the uh pelicans all come in you'll see them rush in see them down here here they come here they come and we'll get some action we'll get some uh, videos of them flying around